Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 54. It's been a few weeks since you've heard from me. That's because my wife gave birth to our beautiful baby boy. We named him Teddy Clark Stamper. He was born on February 9th. Uh, Everyone is happy and healthy. We're very grateful. But uh, I've been taking a few weeks. We've been taking a few weeks just to transition to being parents at home. So everything's going great. I know I asked um, before he was born that everyone just keep us in your prayers. So I want to thank everybody. You know, if you kept us in your prayers, um, means a lot. But we're doing great. We're doing wonderful. And I want to get back into these podcasts because, you know, a lot's been happening in education. Um, and, and so there's just a lot to stay on top of. But uh, one thing I want, to, I want to point out about this podcast is that I try to take headlines from around the country and I try to peel back the layers on those headlines to reveal the radical ideologies that are behind you know, school policies, behind state laws, or certain activist groups that impact these school policies and state laws and education. So as I go through these stories, I'll do my best to kind of point out what's behind these stories and why parents should pay attention to them in their own school or in their own state. So here is what I'll be talking about in this episode. How state services can remove a child from their home if the parents simply don't agree with gender ideology. Then I'll be talking about a proposed bill in Illinois that would label parents as child abusers for not agreeing with gender ideology. Then I'll talk about a new elementary social studies curriculum that promotes globalism and activism. And then I'll give a reminder to protect your children if they're in public or private schools by staying aware of school programs, school clubs, and special weeks or special presentations throughout the school year. Story number one, here's a story about the state, capital S, about the state removing children from their home over their parents' views on gender ideology. Back in 2019, a Catholic couple in Indiana, my home state, they were trying to help their son deal with his mental health issues, which included you know, an eating disorder and gender dysphoria or gender confusion. Their son wanted to be referred to as a girl, but the parents refused to call their son a girl. Their biblical beliefs were that God created us male and female and that there's no changing back and forth between the two. Well, apparently this disagreement over transgenderism came out in a therapy session, and in 2021, the state of Indiana, the state services, placed the parents under investigation for child abuse. Now, during the investigation, the child was removed from the home and placed in a quote-unquote gender-affirming foster home. So think about what I just said. The child is confused about his gender, which happens. We can be compassionate about that. And then the parents sought help from a therapist, which is common. A lot of people do that. Then the therapist used their power to remove the child from his parents and put the child in a foster home. And while in that foster home, the foster parents will feed into this child's confusion 
and push him over the proverbial cliff. Now, this could happen to almost anyone. Well, the parents eventually filed a lawsuit against the Department of Child Services, and in trial court, Indiana state officials who argued in the case, Indiana state officials argued against the parents, saying, quote, the child should be in a home where she is accepted for who she is. So, and, end quote. So state officials referred to this young boy as a girl in trial in front of the parents against the parents' wishes and against the parents' beliefs, calling the boy a she, 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 she. So this is a clear example of the state, how the state does not care about the parents, how the state is not supporting the family unit, and they really don't care about the child either. So the state is just determined to plow through the process and ram gender ideology down the parents' and child's throats. And this took place in 2021, three years ago. This is not even right now, this was three years ago. So not only that, but during the investigation, when the parents were being investigated, while the child was being held hostage, basically, basically kidnapped by the state, the parents were only given a few hours of visitation time per week. So the parents could only see their child a few hours a week per state guidelines. And they were barred from discussing their biblical views on sexuality and their biblical views on gender identity with their son. So did you hear that? Now, let me say that one more time just so it can sink in. The state takes the child from the parents, dictates the visitation hours, and dictates what the parents can and cannot discuss with their own child. And this is in Indiana, my home state. And get this, the court found that the parents were fit. They were fit parents. But the court and the appeals court, they still upheld the removal of the child from the parents. So how does that make sense? Okay, yeah, you're good parents, but we're still taking your child from you. That's insanity. So the parents are now hoping the Supreme Court will hear the case. So can you imagine what those parents are going through and what kind of damage is being done to that child? Now look at how far our society and our legal system has fallen. So my major point here is to parents, if your child is confused about gender, it's your job to teach them the truth. It's not the school's job or the therapist's job. Teach them what the Bible says about creation. Introduce them to God. Train them up in the way they should go. If we as parents outsource our God-given duties of raising our children, then the world's system stands ready and willing to take on that role. Story number two, this story is about how language is used to control and manipulate parents and their children. Illinois House Bill 4876 was introduced this month and if passed, would expand the definition of child abuse. The bill says that if a parent denies their child access to puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, transgender surgeries and abortions, that would be defined as child abuse. And of course, if it is child abuse, like I just talked about with the Indiana story, if it's child abuse, then child services can step into your home, remove your child, and place them in a state facility or a state foster home. So parents, say your daughter comes home and says, hey mom, hey dad, I feel like I'm a boy and I was born in the wrong body. I wanna take puberty blockers. I wanna mutilate my body because I'm told that's how I can achieve happiness and how I can achieve meaning in my life. 
If parents don't comply with this, boom, child abuse. And if that sounds extreme, go ahead and read the bill for yourself and see if that's not the case. And not only that, but this bill protects doctors who would prescribe medications to minors without parental consent, right? So we're gonna protect the doctors, but we're gonna lie to the parents. We're gonna harm the child, but protect the doctors. The Department of Child and Family Services would have the final say on all of this. And the basis is gender ideology, gender theory, which is better described as gender perversion and gender confusion, because that's what it is. And in public schools across the country, affirming a kid's trans identity is the default response. Teachers and students are trained to go along with whatever gender a child says they are. I know this from experience. I received the teacher trainings. It's beyond lunacy and it's evil when you get down to it. Now, I'm not talking about the sincerely confused child who might hear about the gender spectrum, quote unquote, uh, and they're told by their kindergarten teacher they can be a hundred different genders. We should be compassionate toward those confused children, right? But the adults responsible for this confusion, pushing it on these kids, they should be in prison. That is real child abuse. Lying to kids, pushing them off the cliff, undermining parents, fracturing families, that's the real crime. But again, government schools operate on a different standard. They operate on the basis of gender ideology, which is propped up by the deceptive and misleading titles of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It sounds nice, but if you're a Christian and if you believe what the Bible says, you don't operate on that standard. You operate on a different standard, the Word of God, which says God knew us before we were in the womb, that we are created in His image, male and female. God isn't schizophrenic. He doesn't make mistakes or change His mind back and forth. He doesn't forget what He did. He doesn't speak gibberish. His Word is true. And the word of gender theory or gender ideology, that is false. The origins of which are evil. They're demented. They're perverted. If you want to know more about that, just listen to my earlier podcast on Alfred Kinsey and John Money. These guys created this stuff. They were sick. So when I taught in Chicago public schools, the obedience to gender ideology was forced on me. It's forced on my colleagues, forced on my students. I saw it firsthand, and I know government schools, they're completely sold out to injecting homosexuality, transgenderism, and all kinds of sexual perversion, all kinds of confusion, they're sold out to bringing that into the classrooms. And once the children are taught this stuff at school, they're told their parents are unsafe and that the teachers and school therapists are the safe ones. So the school takes control of the child's mind. They drive a huge ideological wedge between the child and their parents. And this is happening all over the country, way more than you might think. Perhaps not in every single school, but it's happening in small towns and big cities alike. Story number three, this story is about an elementary school social studies curriculum that promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion, and globalism, and it rejects civics, history, and law. So there's a movement or a group called the Educating for American Democracy Initiative, EAD, and that's been supported by six former secretaries of education since 2021. So this initiative, this EAD, they give grant money to schools 
for them to implement pilot projects in civics education or social studies, basically to try out new curriculum. We'll give you money, you implement our curriculum. That's the deal. So civics courses and social studies classes used to teach traditional civics, history, law, but nowadays they focus on tolerance, globalism, inclusion, social justice. Academics have been pushed aside and politics, activism, radical ideologies have become prioritized, right? It's a page out of an old playbook. So back to this curriculum, one recipient of the EAD's grant money was the Georgia Council for Social Studies. And here are some of the things that this Georgia Council for Social Studies teaches to their elementary students. They teach the students to be quote unquote anti-oppressive and to combat social injustices. What kind of social injustices? Well, police brutality, disproportionately experienced by black and brown citizens. They also teach uh, elementary students to combat, quote, the assault on women's reproductive rights, because elementary students need to know about women's reproductive rights. They teach elementary students about the, quote, unquote, dehumanization of and violence against LGBTQIA plus and black indigenous people of color. And they also teach about the grave mistreatment of refugees seeking asylum at the southern border, right? So these are the topics being discussed, being taught to these students, these elementary students. It's very divisive, very political, ideological stuff here. But this is what the group receiving the grant money stands for. But pay special attention to the words they use, right? Anti-oppressive, social injustices. And pay attention to what their curriculum actually accomplishes. Dividing people based on skin color, based on orientation, income level, what language you speak, this is Marxism 101. This is the concept of intersectionality or intersecting identities, which says that you're either marginalized or you're privileged. You're the oppressor or you're the oppressed. This is what's in this new curriculum and it's what we should be aware of. Story number four, this final story is a reminder that if you have kids in public or private schools, that you should always be on the lookout for new school clubs, school programs, or special guests, special presenters, because this is a major way that radical ideologies are embedded into the classroom and kids are indoctrinated with Marxist, socialist, and communist ideals. So a group called Parents Defending Education recently filed a civil rights complaint against the Illinois Mathematics and Science Academy in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. So why did they file a civil suit? Well, the school was offering a program to students based solely on their race. Only black and quote unquote Latinx or Latinx students were allowed to participate, excluding every other race and every other skin color. This particular program was called the Brotherhood Sister Circle. The Brotherhood Sister Circle, it sounds so great. And this group describes itself as providing, quote, culturally, linguistically, and economically diverse students an environment to learn about the history and current system of oppression in America, end quote. That's what this group is teaching their students about, the current system of oppression in America, quote, unquote. So they exclude all the white kids, they exclude all the Asian kids, every other race or ethnicity, and then they take all the black and brown students and tell them they're oppressed. Oppressed by who? Well, oppressed by all the groups that they're excluding from participation, right? They're non-black and brown classmates. They're the bad guys. 
So any schools that implement these types of programs and the adults who go along with them, they're causing great damage to these kids, right? They're telling these kids that the system is rigged against them, that no matter what they do, they can't win because the color of their skin, that their character, their work ethic, their values, those aren't good enough because ultimately everything boils down to your skin color. This is horrible. This is wrong. This is racism, right? Then the students, they're trained that the only thing they can do is fight the system. And what does that look like? Well, whenever there's someone in authority who isn't black or brown, that means they're the oppressors, right? They're the bad guy. And then so the moral thing to do, once you've identified the bad guy, the moral thing, based on this perspective, is to push back and fight that person or fight that system. So later on in life, when these kids have a boss, for example, who's white, maybe a teacher who's white, or a state representative who's white, what are these students gonna do? They're trained to see that person as the enemy, as an oppressor. And the only reason they're in that position in the first place is because the system is oppressive, right? That's what they're taught. This is, again, Marxism 101. Karl Marx himself said that his goal was to dethrone God and destroy capitalism. So that's the basis for these Marxist groups. Anti-God, anti-Christianity, anti-capitalism, anti-America, anti-family. Whenever these groups or policies in schools are talking about systems of oppression, economic or cultural systems that you know, are designed to oppress minorities, that's the Marxist doctrine of critical theory. And whenever race is added to the mix, it's critical race theory. So I experienced this firsthand in Chicago public schools when I was required to complete a teacher training on quote unquote intersecting identities. I've talked about this before and it's in my book. So this concept comes from Kimberly Crenshaw and her thoughts on intersectionality. Kimberly Crenshaw is one of the most prominent supporters of critical race theory. Intersecting identities uh, places everyone in one of two groups, either privileged or marginalized. It's the same as oppressor versus oppressed. So this ideology states that white people, especially men, are threatening and abusive. Why? Simply because they're white or they're men. It also states that Christians are abusive. Why? Because they're Christians. That straight people are abusive. Homeowners, parents, all abusive. So it's completely prejudiced and biased and discriminatory. It turns classmates into enemies. It turns colleagues into enemies. That's all it does. It, it undermines the family unit and pushes students more and more toward the state, toward the school, looking to their teachers as mom and dad, instead of looking to their actual parents as mom and dad. So while what I just said sounds wild, it's hard to believe, which is why so many parents ignore the warnings, look into it for yourself, it's accurate. Plus, pay attention to how they name these Marxist groups, right? This one, for example, is called the Brotherhood Sister Circle. What sounds more unifying than that? Brotherhood, man, such a good thing. Sisterhood, we're all in a circle, that's great. Yeah, except they exclude anyone who isn't black or brown. Not so unifying after all, is it? That's why we can't take things at face value. We have to read about these groups and see what their policies say. And that's my big takeaway from this story, my big point. If you're not homeschooling and you have kids in public or private schools, stay on top of what's going on in your school. And don't just take things for granted, dig into them. And once you dig in, you gotta be able to recognize the subtle language that's used, like, quote, culturally diverse, 
economically diverse, social justice, oppressive systems, diversity, equity, inclusion. You got to recognize these things. All right, everybody. That's all I have for you this week. We'll see you next week. Take care.